Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and we have another great show on the hook for you. Dustin, what is up? Nothing really. Did a little bit of trading this weekend, so I was actually out of the house. It's amazing. He's back. Uh, Dustin is my co-host and magic <laughs> financier. Cameron, what's up? Uh, just got done meeting like Bob Costas, Kevin Costner, and the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So that was my weekend. No magic. All right. No ma- <laughs> well, it depends on how you want to define magic. Am I right? It, it, there was some magic in the air for sure. Yeah. So I so, don't know what it says about me as a broadcasting nerd that I'm like Bob Costas. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah. I met him. I got an interview. Him. It was uh, dude. He quite is awesome. A, okay, so I have he to is throw a this broadcasting in. legend. Who who yeah. is Bob Costas? <laughs> <laughs> so Dustin, there's this uh, network called NBC. Are you familiar with it? I, I have heard of these three letters okay. in combination. Yes. So they broadcast something every four years called the Olympics. Okay. Um, and he's the host of them, and he okay. does various other sports things for Major League Baseball, football, and everything. I did not know this. Well. All right. Yeah. Basically, he's good enough to do what he wants when he wants, and sports broadcasting is one of the most competitive. Okay. Businesses to be in, it's very difficult, very cutthroat. So now you, you guys say dude, every four years, does this does NBC not do the Winter Olympics? Is that a different? <laughs> oh company? man, please tell me we're not having this discussion right well, now on asking. the air recording. I'm just asking. <sighs> anyway, I, I fine, take it that Dustin. He's on the air like every two years with the Olympics. Are you happy? Uh, yes, I am. I am happier now. <laughs> this is already the worst show of the Spike Bee. Already, we're. A minute and a half in. Fantastic. <laughs> Every show, we like to start off talking about Magic the Gathering, because that's the show that we're trying to podcast here. What about Magic gentlemen? Olympics? So we're not going to talk about you meeting Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> we are going to talk about Dustin's trading. So, Dustin, you did some trading. Talk to me about it. It, it wasn't big trading. It was just, you know, I, I ended up into some basically bulk stuff for uh, Journey into Knicks and... Uh, got stuff from a, a guy that was getting out, so kind of bought some collection this week. It's like a first for me, right? Yeah, you rarely... I mean, just to kind of give your methodology, in the past, you bought, you were a guy that bought cases, right? Right, right. And kind of traded or sold or whatever, you know, worked from you from that point. But you were definitely not a guy that sought out collections. How did that process go for you? It actually went pretty good. Um, it was a, a person that plays a lot of newer magic, so it wasn't a lot of old stuff, right? It was mostly mm-hmm. standard and maybe, you know, like 5% modern type stuff. Um, but it was just a really small amount anyway. Um, but I think it went pretty well. The The whole reasoning was he's going to college and magic was a distraction for him and he'll get back to playing afterwards. So works out. So can I bring something up just really quick about that? Um it is kind of startling to me, just being this new player who has never like fallen out of magic, the number mm-hmm. of people who have fallen out of magic. And uh is this a is this a common occurrence or something I should be worried about where I'm just going to like one day go on full <laughs> tilt and say I'm selling my entire collection? Okay. So I find it very common for people getting out of magic. And I find it very common that like ninety percent of them come back at some time. Now, it's not necessarily right away. I mean, there are people that uh, get rid of their collection and then buy back in like once a year 
because they, they go on tilt and they're mad about stuff. And then there's other people that, you know, they just get to a point in their life where I guess they need a break or they think they're done with it. And then two, three years later, they decide to pick it up again and have to restart collecting and so on. Okay. Yeah, usually, to totally back up what Dustin just said, I think it comes in two flavors. It comes in the flavor of tilt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is... A crime of passion. You know, it is... <laughs> People throwing their decks hate... saying, I'm never going to play this game again, blah, blah, blah. It's so stupid. We, we all have friends that have said these words. Right. And basically, they just, you know, they lose at a moment where they don't feel like they should have. And next thing you know, they're at the dealer table uh, <laughs> making some poor choices. Right? right. And that's just it. it. Is... It's not like it, they, they get mad and then they go home and get their collection. It's everything that they have on them, which is the money cards, because it's what they're playing with in a big tournament, is what gets sold. And honestly, it's the equivalent of taking a friend's keys from them when they're intoxicated. It is <laughs> your responsibility as a friend to stop them from doing this and just, hey, dude, calm down. It's going to be all right. Don't do anything rash. Right, and, right. Unless you're Dustin and you're going to talk them into selling the cards. To it, it depends on how good of a friend he is to you. <laughs> yeah. If he's more of an acquaintance, you might say like, "Well, I'll take the stuff or let me pick through it first. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's interesting, right. though. Yeah. And then, and then the second flavor is very much a life-changing situation has occurred. You know, sometimes like uh, you know, Dustin and I are acquaintances with a guy that had to sell some really nice legacy cards for legal reasons. Like he had to pay for some oh. legal fees. Crazy. And, you know, that can happen. Um, or The thing that you'll also hear guys that are, you know, younger when they're transitioning to college or transitioning into a marriage, they might sell off a portion of their collection, um, you know, and you don't you don't want to like impose and say, hey, if your fiance is making you sell magic cards, perhaps this is a really poor choice for you, you know, but mm-hmm. that's what we're all thinking, right? That's what yeah. we're all thinking. Yeah. Um, Anyway, those are all things that can happen, but it does happen a lot. So hopefully Dustin's there to suck up the resources and, and benefit. <laughs> Dustin, you know we're on radio. People can't see your thumbs up. Oh, but they can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> they just know it's happening. <laughs> ah, Nice. So, hey, can I talk about Friday Night Magic for me? I guess. I want to hear really it. Want it. Yeah. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, look, guys, made a huge mistake. Made Did a you play huge mistake. Blue white control. Did you go back to no. blue white? Okay. No, 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 no. <clears throat> um, I forgot to fire up Steve Winwood before F and M. I don't see that as right? a mistake, but continue. <laughs> and um, so I, I suited up John Monsters. I'm messing around with the mana a little bit because I'm really interested in the mana in that deck. Mm-hmm. And I posted mm-hmm. my list uh, on Twitter. If you're kind of a you know one of these people that really likes to tune and look at decks, I'll save that conversation for Twitter. Um, but Suffice to say, I'm playing the Jun list, and yeah, round one, I played the red-white burn deck, and I have a two-of mana confluence in my deck, right? Ooh, yeah. Okay. And three copies hit the table in two games, right, <laughs> for me. That's how bad my hands... They just weren't optimal, and you know my opponent had the right cards. I was dead on turn five in the first game you yeah, know it can happen mm. yeah that yeah it, it can totally happen that's just how it is uh but the good news is afterwards the guy was like hey i've got a jund legacy deck proxied up do you have a legacy deck on you and i was like yes i do <laughs> slam down maverick right and we play luckily the burn matches like are you know what five minutes long or something right. like so that did yeah. you own this guy in legacy um you know it's kind of amazing to me 
as someone that plays a lot of Maverick, everyone thinks that every deck is a bad matchup for Maverick, right? Why, you know, Maverick gets a lot of guff. Why is this? Uh, because people haven't really experienced it. So, for example, a lot of times people say, oh, against Ad Nauseam, your host. And really, it's a, it's a great matchup against Ad Nauseam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Jun deck, while they do have the Grove punishing fire combo, which is a lot of problems, it's usually about a 50-50 matchup. Their mana is much more susceptible to Wasteland than mine is. Um, you know, and I wanted to test some of the new cards, Will the Council and these other things that are kind of new into Legacy that we'll be talking about later today. Spoiler. Ooh. And, you know, we just jammed these games together and had a great time. Uh, round two, I play against green-black aggro. Beat that, barely. Uh, and then round three, I play against red-black aggro. Mm-hmm. Lose. I, I'm sensing a theme. I don't know what it is, but there's something I mean, there. That th- this is standard, right? I mean, yeah. not, all the guys I played against were doing exactly the thing they were supposed to do. I don't know that I've misplayed horribly uh, <laughs> at any real point, but my heart just wasn't in it. You know what I mean? And especially when I knew that I was going to grab this guy between every match and we were just going to play Legacy. Like, mm-hmm. how can you argue with that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Dustin, I've, just, I've been dipping my toe in trading, right? In okay. an effort to make <laughs> F&M and Standard more exciting. Right. Okay, so I've got some trades that I made mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I want you to evaluate. Okay, I suspect you will not be happy. H- how are you roughly ready? do you want me to evaluate this? Well, keep in mind we are a, a, <laughs> an all ages podcast, okay. so let's not have another gaffe like last week, bro. What? <laughs> how about a letter grade system, A B C? Okay, so you ready for this? Okay, so. Uh, what's the new Ajani's name? Ajani Mentor of... Mentor of Heroes, right? Mentor, yeah. Yeah, Mentor of Heroes. And a foil uh, new Phyrexia Jataxian probe. Okay. Okay. Is okay. what I traded to get into a high play wasteland that the dude valued at 60. High play. How how much play is high play? It's, I mean... Is there, I, is there any creases I it on webcam, it? But, or are we just talking like white edges? Talking white edges, we're talking about a rough, rough, rough side to it. I mean, it's not damaged. Right, right. But it's high play. And is this to keep, to use, to get rid of? What are you doing with this wasteland? (laughs) Uh, It is going to the other man on the line, Mr. Cameron McCoy. I see, I see. Okay, so being as the wasteland's going to a good cause and it will be played, (laughs) that does not necessarily make it a bad trade. Um, The other thing you have going for it is you did throw in a standard card towards a legacy card. Right. Mm-hmm. The one thing that is iffy to me is the fact that you got rid of a foil Jataxian Pro pack foil, mind you, towards it, being as those have been on the rise lately, and there's always a possibility it could go up more. Dude, where I here's my problem with the foil. Yeah, the foil Jataxian probe. I've had so many people look at that. I've never been able to unload it. Really? Ever? Okay. Ever? Fair enough. So, so I think that was an okay trade. So we're giving that a C. <laughs> No, no, C is his low, so it's a B. It, it's straight it's across, good trade. Yeah. Bravo. But it's okay. going to the Suntail Hawk Foundation, so I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good cost. <laughs> to get Cameron right. to play actual Legacy. Right. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so this one is the one that was kind of controversial, and I had to think about it for a while. Okay. Okay? We'll say this was a moderate play by you. Okay. Revised? It, yeah, of course. Okay. Well, you got to say these it, things. And a Plain Chase Baleful Strix. Okay. 
And I traded those two things away to get a foil Modern Masters Vendillion click. Wow. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish people could see that. Don't hate. Don't hate. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, why? Um, one, I feel Vendillion Click will have another printing when Modern Masters 2 comes out next year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're all expecting Modern Masters 2. Um, the other thing is, even a moderate play by you, if, if you if you find the right person, you can trade it for a decent amount. I mean, it, it's not like you have to really lower the value of a dual land, especially when you're getting into to foils and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think the, 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 the Bayou could have went to a better home. You probably could have mm-hmm. got a better value. If you're trading towards uh, standard stuff, uh, you probably could have got twice the value out of your Bayou, maybe 1.5 times, right? Right. So, um, so I, I think the, the Bayou went away for a vanity trade. Well, yeah. Right? And and that's not a good place for it. <laughs> Just saying. So you know why I got the Vendillion click, though, right? No, actually, I don't. Because I'm foiling my blue-white modern deck. Oh, God. Okay. Mm. You've known this. This is not, this is not new. <laughs> I, I knew you were thinking about it. I didn't know it was actually in full swing, but okay. I, it's I still in full don't swing like when the person... I still don't like it. Okay, yes, absolute vanity. Here's the problem. So the Bayou, mm-hmm. I have two right Right. in my current collection, right. and I had them for Shardless Bug, which I had together at multiple points and never actually played right. ever mm-hmm. once. Right. And so Bayous are up right now. You know, I did know that this Star City Games stuff was happening, mm-hmm. but just being honest with you, um, which we'll talk about next segment... I play Vendillion Click a lot, right? It's probably one of the cards that I use the most across two formats. Right. So that was, it is purely vanity. I'm totally going to cop to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, it is gorgeous. It is a gorgeous foil. <laughs> yeah. It's crispy. And you're going to get your use out of it more than you would probably that Bayou, right? I mean, Modern is a little bit more playable than Legacy and KC, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> the other problem with ca- this stuff, Cameron, is is this. You know, for me, the big problem is I have a ton of legacy cards, mm-hmm. and right now they are just sitting, right? Yeah. And I like having them there. I like knowing that they're there. I like playing with them, but it's rough when you know that the only legacy tournament in town does proxies, Yeah. right? But, you know, <laughs> Dustin, so you're giving that one an F or a D? More like a Z, man. That's like <laughs> bottom of the barrel for me. I just, I, I never wow. would have done it. Um now, if you're trading it towards like a Japanese foil one or something like that, it'd be totally different to me. Um, it would even be slightly different if it was like the original release foil. I, it just, I don't know. So man. just to clarify, if this was a judge promo, you'd be down though. You'd be fine with that. Yeah, th- at least the judge promo has different artwork, right? Right. You know? So that means if it does get reprinted again, the judge foil would still stay higher, assuming they don't do the judge foil. Because Stifle got the judge foil artwork in conspiracy right so that basically makes that just moot right so mm-hmm. you never know but i mean i, I wouldn't have done it that's that's that that's that <laughs> i just want to know you're fine cameron 
what 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 do you think, man? What would you have done? I probably would have done the same thing because I want me some Vendillion click in foil, all the better. Okay, so. but Cameron, see, you don't care about the foil. You're not foiling out a deck. If you were trading away a Bayou, you probably could have got close to two Vendillion clicks, right? Sure. Right sure. for playability wise, right? For, yeah, yeah. Okay, Dad, that, can but... we move to the next segment? <laughs> hey, you're the one now asking me. Okay. You. Fair enough. Dude, I do want to just bring this up about Standard, because now Standard has, and we didn't really get a chance to cover it the last couple weeks, but it's looped back around to mono-color decks, right? Yeah. So we saw mono-blue do real well, there's a mono-red devotion, mono-black is back, and we've kind of gone to this, you know, phase of we're back to, like, strict mono-color devotion decks. Mm -hmm. Cameron... What are you going to be playing next week? Are you still going to be doing the burn? Or? Oh, no, 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 no. This Naya aggro deck, that I, or Naya midrange, really, is sitting right here. I have it. It's completely net decked. I mean, to the to the T, right? I mean, <laughs> everything is there. That a boy. Uh, so I'll be playing that, and I am really looking forward to it. I've been just like playtesting it with like a, like the mono white deck that I have as well, and it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Dude, let me tell. You, let me institute something about this podcast right ne- here and now. Mm-hmm. Net mm-hmm. deck is not a pejorative. Okay, no, this no, is not, not a brewer's all. cast. This is a, a cast called the Spike Feed, and we're about winning. And if that means <laughs> taking somebody's deck online and plagiarizing it, then we're going to plagiarize it. Okay, Heck yes, deal with yeah. it. That's our that's our methodology. That's actually and extremely just, common, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just hate it when people are like, oh, you probably just grabbed that list online. Yeah, I did. And then I tested it and I made tweaks. Deal <laughs> yeah, with it, right? right? And I it's won. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I won. And I took your money. Right? Isn't that the whole reason yeah. things are posted? <laughs> Indeed. Okay, let's get out of this segment. Let's come back. We got some huge news to talk about. All right, guys. So this week, uh, there was a Star City Games Invitational and they you know, posted some pretty big news. Uh, I, I don't want to oversell it, but it's a change. It's a, it's an important change for competitive magic. Any way you want to paint it, Star City Games has these, you know, opens that are, you know, big events that are around the country. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to start offering modern alongside, I think it starts an hour later or something like that, but alongside legacy, Right. And so the real question is, Dustin, uh, what's the over and under? How long is it going to take for the modern attendance to outweigh the legacy attendance? See, that's not at all what I'm thinking about right now, okay? You remember <laughs> okay. what happened to legacy in St. Louis Star City Open? There were so many people, they didn't have enough room. You know, that, that they, they had less uh, event hall because there was other events on Sunday, on the second day. But they didn't have enough room for all the legs people. People started having to be playing out in the uh, the hallway. They couldn't like host all their side events because there just wasn't enough tables. So yeah, you had to make a trade table outside of a right, and we kept getting moved a, like four uh, times, right? Preteen dance competition. Exactly. So that really cool. At least we had some music, right? But <laughs> what we're looking at here is what happens when you get all the people that still want to play Legacy, and then all the people that played Standard the day before have modern decks. Mm, you know. You know are we going to have enough room for all these people? I I hate to say this, but them starting to do this, I think is going to start to gouge out legacy. And we're going to see 
probably diminishing returns in Legacy and Modern is going to become that the new premier Sunday event for for Star City. It, now, I think it may happen. I, I think it, it's it's very dependent on what city it's in because there are certain cities the Legacy events aren't that big in already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, Cameron, you do make a good point. Modern has picked up greatly, right? But I would assume, like, since they paid, a, what, the top 64, is that right? That It's something like that. That yeah. if Legacy starts slipping, wouldn't that make more people want to play Legacy because it should be, like, less competition? Right? I think it's a response to the economic realities that some of these players are facing. Yes. I would, I would be willing to bet that Star City has gotten a lot of emails and a lot of messages from people saying this. I cannot afford Legacy. I want to play at your Sunday events. <clears throat> I think I would prefer to play Modern. Like, if you want to view it as a standard versus eternal player thing, then what they would have done is just put the Modern on Saturday, right? Right. But that's not what's happening. And I think they're getting a lot of people that are asking about Modern. I can't imagine they're doing this in the dark. Um, and... Look, Legacy is very, very, very expensive right now. The right. card prices have gotten to such a degree that I think if you're looking to buy into Staples, I don't know how many thousands of dollars that is. Mm-hmm. And um, well, so, so I, I think I think the other thing with that is that Legacy Staples are just a smaller quantity, and I don't mean about how many cards that are out there, but the cards that people use on a regular basis. Um, compared to modern, where if Star City does get people mm-hmm. playing more modern and push more modern, now they have a selection of you know 400 cards that they have increased in price that people are buying all the time instead of only like 150 cards. And dude, they can reprint those cards too, right? So right. if there needs to be more Shocklands, you know, maybe in five years again they mm-hmm. reprint them, and it's not a big deal. Right. The availability. Yeah. Is so, there. I mean, obviously. So let let me kind of put together my thoughts on this. So on one hand, I understand the economic realities and I think there's a lot of players out there that are very happy about this news. They're looking to spend a thousand dollars, you know, in trade and over the course of several paychecks on a deck and modern is a much more appealing solution, right? You can have a really good modern deck for a grand. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But my concerns about the modern metagame are such that as a viewer of Star City Games every Sunday, almost, right, for at least an hour or two every Sunday, mm. I'm really worried about what that's going to do in terms of my enjoyment as a viewer. Obviously, right. this isn't happening all the way right now, but dude, I watch Modern Grand Prix, and there's only so many affinity matches you can watch <laughs> right. before you start to go a little nuts. Sometimes a pod sneaks in there. You never know. <sighs> you never know. All right. And, and you know, Curtis, Curtis. this is... Yeah. Do you think that this will eventually phase Legacy out of Star City events, aside from side events? I think it will be a boutique side event Okay. in the Midwest. I think it's very feasible. You know, we were talking about uh, Legacy on the East Coast with John a couple weeks ago. Right. Not to mention Eternal you know, Weekend I think, and so on. Yeah, they could still, you know, the Legacy is so strong there that they could just have that on Sundays. But then when they move to... Like, SCG Kansas City, that Legacy Sunday is not going to be very big. Right. And I'm willing to bet if they do a modern on Sunday, which I do not want them to do <laughs> anytime they come to Kansas City, but I'm willing to bet they're going to get a much better attendance. Right. Mm-hmm. 
you know, just through access of cards and this kind of unfortunate mythology about modern that someone thinks that they can show up with mono red goblins and top eight a modern event, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, whatever. I, I'm concerned, but I understand the realities, if that makes sense. As long as we're not playing commander on Sundays, I'm good. <laughs> Only in Kansas City and St. Louis. <laughs> oh, no. You know, and... I want to I want to bring this up because I actually had a conversation with a local player. I was at a theme park, mm-hmm. uh, just at the Scrambler or whatever. Dude comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, Curtis, you know." And we started talking about meta games and all this kind of stuff. And um, he was talking about how dissatisfied he is with standard, and he's like, "And modern is getting that way, okay. right?" Mm-hmm. So he feels like it's not. So, you know, you always hear people say that there's creature power creep. That the creatures keep getting stronger and stronger, which is true. Mm-hmm. But I think the Wizards has to be really cognizant of simplicity creep, right? That the game gets a little too simple mm. as it goes. And that part of the appeal of magic is that it is really stinking complicated, right? right? And people like that. Well, I, I think that what a big part of it is, is it's unbalanced, right? Now, Legacy, yes, we see a lot of show and tell, uh, a lot of stone blade, stuff like that, right? But mm-hmm. out of the blue, sometimes you have these random decks and they're winning, right? So it's not always just the top three decks. Where modern, it's always affinity, pod, twin, right? And right. that would have to do, again, with something where they're have to gonna decide what to, to um, ban or you know make new cards that are going to help even things out, right? Right, and like, you know... In Legacy, not only you know will things pop up out of nowhere, but you'll have decks that'll have a really good, or a really strong resurgence out of nowhere, right? Um, Painter Servant decks were not even on anybody's radar for the longest time, and they've had a really good last year, right? The past month and a half, Maverick all of a sudden has become a thing again, right? Um, Combo Elves really goes through those stretches where. You, you'll see it everywhere for a month, and then it'll be gone for a month, and then back. And then, you know, what? Rug Delver wins the Legacy Open every two months, right? Yep. Period, mm-hmm. end of story. And so I, I think that diversity, you know, makes it interesting. You know, Legacy might be suffering from too many Delver decks at the moment, but that's, you know, the name of the game. Uh, sorry, Cameron. That's um, right, yeah. Anyway, I want to talk some more about some weirdness. So, Dustin, did you read this article about the sample packs? I did. I did. <clears throat> so can you explain this to me in a way that makes sense? Because I've read this paragraph. <laughs> okay, so let's start off. Um, the The top of the article says, did you know? And the answer is yes. We knew these sample decks were out there, right? <laughs> um, the thing is that the sample decks were always, like they say in the article, something that was available at stores so people could you know, have something new to play and teach people, Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that being said, it, they were always free, right? Now we're introducing this where there is an extended library of M15 cards in here that are not in booster packs. Uh, they go past the numbers of what's on the bottom of the card. And that to me says that... Okay, now granted, none of the cards are like like exclusive, non-reprints, right? They're all reprints, the older stuff, so on. So it's not like they're going to be worth a huge amount, at least not out the gate. Um, but it makes me feel like store owners and stuff now will either hold these in the back and not give them out 
because they know that three years down the road, four down, years down the road, people trying to complete an M15 set have to go over and get these amounts, which we don't know how many each store is getting, right? Um, right. But along with that, it's like if they say, well, you know, it's got this many rares in it or whatever, if they try selling it to the customer, which I think is against Wizards' rules, but, you know, there is some shop dealers that do crazy things. Um, I think it just it kills the whole teaching new people stuff, right? Right. And it's it's also confusing and weird. It, it's very odd that they did this. I did notice that a lot of the rares um, or just even some of the uncommons are magic... I can't say staples because they're not highly played, but they're like something that's been with us forever. Sarah Angel, Shivan Dragon, Singer Vampire, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's like historic staples, but not playable staples, right? Right, right. And like... You know, the one that will likely see any play is Cancel, right? Right. Um, I mean, I doubt it, but there is an off chance that Cancel will actually pop up. I play in a store with a lot of new players. Right. Um, Probably not as much as, like, Cameron does. Mm -hmm. But, (laughs) you know... I love it. uh, Some of these cards will come up, you know. there There is a feasible, feasible scenario that Terra Stomper is constructed playable, um, you know, a six mana eight eight that can't be tra- countered is theoretically good. Now, when it was in standard before, it was completely awful and unplayable. You know, but, but now, now we've got devotion, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and and now we're also playing. You know, four mana five fives. Like that just did not happen in Zendikar era standard because we were playing much more powerful strategies. Right. Um, now you know what else is like, weird with this? You cannot get a full foil set of m15 right because these cards don't come in foil yeah that is weird i mean you're looking at it from the collector's perspective i'm just looking at it from the point where somebody goes terra stomper and then somebody says judge and then we have to go through this whole thing about this right <laughs> and, and it's just kind of going to be obnoxious right um it, it's just very I, odd to me too that you cannot get these in sealed you won't get these in draft you can't get them by opening packs yet they are standard legal that's very odd. exactly Exactly, and I, I just, I think it's a little bit of a communication gaffe. Nothing serious. I don't think it's a horrible uh, decision, you know, to the level that some of the stuff that Magic Online is going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's just maybe something they should have thought through a little bit better. Right. Fair. Totally agree. Cameron. Yeah. What's up? Let's talk about you becoming a spike. Sweet. <laughs> Every week, we like to give Cameron a card to evaluate using his burgeoning card evaluation skills. And today, we've got, you know, kind of one we haven't talked about that's been, you know, much in the discussion regarding mm-hmm. conspiracy. I don't know how we've missed on this card, um, really covering it in depth. Right. It does have potential mm-hmm. for extra value, too. It could go up in cost. So, Cameron, why don't you read... Will of the Council for us. Or Council's uh, Judgment, uh, if he likes. Yeah. Or yeah, Council's so, Judgment. So we have Council's Judgment. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> it costs one white, white. It's a sorcery card. And it has, Curtis, Will of the Council. <laughs> Starting with you, each player votes for a non-land permanent you don't control. Exile each permanent with the most votes or tied for most votes. So... um <clears throat> This is great in EDH, right? I mean, this is something that you would probably want in that format. However, 
Um, we're talking about real formats, Cameron. Yeah, we're, we're so. talking about probably something. Curtis would never <laughs> send me something like, hey, this would be great in EATH. Mm-hmm. This is something that would probably... Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the uh, um, the blue-white... What's his name? He's a hexproof guy, right? Um, if you're playing a Geist of St. Geist Traft. of St. Traft, thank you. So if you're playing against a person who has Geist of St. Traft, you could possibly play this. And since you're not targeting anything, mm-hmm. uh, you're still able to exile him out. This is me applauding you, Cameron. Well, hang, okay. hang on here. Hang on here. Why is Cameron picking Geist of St. Traft instead of True Name Nemesis? Okay, well, true name nemesis, anything with hexproof or or whatever. Oh, it like goes beyond hexproof. Colors. Yeah, protection from right. player, protection from color, right. anything like that. Dude, you can blow up a progenitus or an Imrakul with this thing too. I, I think we're missing the other big thing here. Okay, this card is always going to get two for one, right? Because your opponent's always going to vote for something that he has to vote for the same thing you do. Oh, that's right, because you vote first, don't you? Starting with you. That's horrible. See, I was hoping, like, starting with your opponent, let them vote first, right? And you're like, well, I'll pick Dude, this it one. it would be the greatest magic card That's what I'm saying, right? Ever. And then he's like, well, we're tied. I guess we're losing both of them. It'd be great. No, like, it, you know, there is that dimension to it, like, if they misread the card, which I think, you know... Right. This card has been gone over enough with, like, legacy right. players. Well, right. If you're like, I'm, I'm voting for your true name, and they're like, well, I don't want that to leave. I'll vote for this, right? And the next thing you <laughs> yeah. know, it's both. It'd be awesome. Right. But, like, more relevant is, you know, show and tell, right? They go through all these shenanigans to get it into play, and you go, well, you know, council's <laughs> judgment, boom. Hits progenitus. Um, also, which these are all kind of corner cases. You're probably going to bring it in the side for those matches. Mm-hmm. Uh but you can also hit a batter skull with it, which is weird, and they can't bounce it to their hand in response. Okay. Because the voting and the exiling all happen as the card is resolving. Right. Hmm. So they'd have so, to bounce it before you start to resolve. Before you choose right. a permanent, correct. And this was a card that was only in Conspiracy, right? Yes. We've never seen it in any other form or in any other set. Okay. Right, the Will of the Council uh, mechanic, which I so cleanly referenced earlier, <laughs> oh, okay. um, is yeah, is exclusive to conspiracy at this point. Okay, I, I will tell you. So I've been testing this in Maverick mm-hmm. um, as a one of two of. I think it's a one of main, one of side. But I'm really interested to see this card's applications outside of. You know, a deck like Maverick, which might play, might not. Same with de- Death and Taxes, which is very similar structurally. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like the blue, the Esper Blade decks and that kind of thing. Because some people have been saying, oh, we'll, we'll replace Vindicate. And then people are saying, well, time out. Vindicate's not seeing a lot of play right now. And then other people are mm-hmm. saying, well, hold on. It's better than Vindicate because you can blow actual hexproof and protected things up. Right. Yeah. Right. And also, Progenitus doesn't have protection from everything. So take that. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Dustin, you like the, this uh, card in terms of its collector's value? What, it's like 10 or 12 bucks right I mean, now? It's about 10 bucks right now. Um, I definitely see it as something that could be worth a lot more down the road. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially w- when True Name Nemesis became so prevalent. Um, this right here, I mean, it easily fits into Stoneblade, right? Yeah. I mean, right. other other decks and stuff. Uh, you could put it into Maverick. I mean, it's a little hungry for mana with the two white, but... Um, and you're playing Thalia. Right. I mean, it still gives you some answer. 
Right. I, I think it's also worth noting that what's been going on with Flusterstorm, right? Um, that's a car that was only in Commander deck. Mm-hmm. I forget which Commander deck. And it started, you know, what, 10 bucks, A, a similar trajectory. Right. And now Flusterstorm's a $50 card, right? Right. So, you know, be cognizant of that. I'm not saying pick up every single Commander staple right off the bat, but I think... At ten dollars, the risk is really low, and it's almost only ever going to be a two of in a seventy-five card list, right. I believe. And so, well, might as well. Also, depending right? on the print run of Conspiracy, there will be plenty of EDH players that want these as well. So mm-hmm. they will right. start disappearing. And, and also, I mean, I granted, I've only been trading a couple times since Conspiracy's come out, but I've seen no Conspiracy in any binders yet. Right. So I'm really interested to see that happen. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and wrap this uh, show up. Dustin. Yo. If someone wants your Wii friend code, where do they go? I don't have a Wii friend code. You guys are the the double <laughs> Wii Uers now. Nice. Uh, Cameron, if someone would like to get a hold of you. You can find me on Twitter at Cameron underscore McCoy. I am at Curtis now. Uh, our official show feed is at SpikeFeedMTG. You can catch up with our cast on BrainstormBrewery.com, MTGCast.com, and our own website, SpikeFeed.com. I just want to say before we get out, this week we have gotten a ton of positive feedback and love from the listeners. And it is amazing every time, guys. Thank you so much. Cameron, I appreciate it. Dustin has no idea that it's going on. <laughs> <laughs> But we we really, really love it. We've been overwhelmed, honestly. So thank you for that. We will check you guys next week. 